Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. Today, we'll be listening to a message from Pastor Alex Barefoot. This is an interesting message, and I'm so glad to be able to deliver it. I think it's an honor and a privilege to be able to be a person who God looks over his flaws and allows to bring his word to a bunch of flawed people. Somebody say amen. Strong, strong word this morning. I feel like I've got that. That's just going to deal with a whole plethora of, of issues. But the good news is this. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ is alive and well. So, somebody say that with me. The gospel of Jesus is alive and well. So the title of the message this morning is Where Faith Meets Fear. Where faith meets fear. Now, one of the things that I've, I've seen happen during this pandemic is I've seen faith wane, it seems. It's hard to be full of faith and believe God can heal the blind and the sick and take people out of wheelchairs when there's so much fear being instilled in the nation and in the church. It just seems like Fear, we're bomb. Anybody feel like that? That we're we're being bombarded with things that would cause us to fear right now. Would you would you agree with that? I mean, it's just one thing after another that seems to be um, fear motivated. And so, what I want to talk about this morning, we're going to talk about several people of the Bible, and uh, I'm going to just give you scripture references up front because there's absolutely no way that I could possibly read all the scriptures that I want to give you this morning. But I want, to give you, I want to give you the base of where this message is coming from. And uh, we'll read some of it, but we're not going to be able to get to all of it. But you'll be familiar with the stories, I hope. Um, but faith meets fear. And, and the thing that we need to know about faith is that Jesus says, and this is why I was so anointed a moment ago, Jesus says that we can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And that mountain will be moved. And we just saying, we just say, you know, mountain, you're subject to Jesus. Here, here's the deal. We don't have faith that the mount in the mountain. We don't have faith that the mountain can be moved outside of the voice, the spoken word of God. Our faith is in God's ability to move the mountain, right? And our voice in agreement with God to, to implement that movement, right? In other words, aligning ourselves with the will of God causes the mountain to move if we do it from a place of faith. And what we know is, what we know about fear is that fear and faith, this is number one, fear and faith can't live in the same house. Fear and faith can't live in the same house. And we see it over and over and over again in Scripture. And, and the scriptures I'm going to use today are going to be Daniel chapter 10, 
1 Kings chapter 19, John chapter 10, 10. And that's what I'm about to get to right now. John 10, 10 says this, the devil comes to steal, kill. He didn't come, <laughs> he does not come except, there's one reason, to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, how does he steal your faith? What's the number one tactic of stealing your faith? Fear. If he can make you fearful, he can, he can, he can steal your faith. And, he, and, and this is what I want you to understand this morning and, 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 and acknowledge that he is tactful. He is strategic. He is smart. He, he, was, he was God's best prior to Jesus. <laughs> well, he wasn't prior to Jesus, but you know what I'm talking about. Jesus is his best, but Satan was his worship leader. I mean, Satan was, he was powerful. He was in authority. He was in command. And he takes a third of the angels. And so he's this, he's this close, angelic host to God. Enough to influence a third of heaven. So he's not stupid. And our awareness needs to, it needs to open up. So we need to know that faith can move mountains, but we also need to know that fear removes our faith. Fear can't live in the same house that faith lives in. Let's talk about it just a minute. One of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life is Mount Carmel. Now, you have to understand that Israel, Israel is a desert mountainous area. It's dry, but it's very mountainous. I mean, there are, I mean, there are the, the Golan Heights and then, and then across the sea, uh, uh, the, the, the Sea of Galilee is another set of mountains and then, and then across the Valley of Jezreel is another set of mountains and then you go into the Mediterranean Sea and we're not talking about a piece of geography that's any bigger than Rhode Island. I mean, it's a small piece of real estate that, that has a lot of mountains on it and Mount Carmel was anointed when I was standing on it. I was amazed because it overlooks the Valley of Jezreel which is Armageddon. And it's one of the largest, Napoleon said, it's the greatest battlefield ever created. It is an amazing thing to view. And it's in a valley and there's a river that runs through it and it's green. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Well, you have the prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel. And you've got, you've got Ahab and Jezebel, kings of Israel. And the biggest trash talking session that ever takes place happens at Mount Carmel. I have to remind Liz all the time that trash talking is biblical. <laughs> because Elijah did it. And he's, <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a place at the table. There's no greater prophet than this, John the Baptist compared him him to Elijah. Calls down fire from heaven. Trash talks the gods of Baal. 400 priests. 
slays them. Tells King Ahab. King Ahab runs back and tells Jezebel. This is why I can't. This story lasts in 1 Kings 19. You have to go back and read it. It's a great story. Ahab tells Jezebel. Jezebel sends a message to Elijah, who has just called down fire from heaven. Just talked trash after trash after trash to these 400 prophets of Baal, outnumbered 400 to 1. Has defeats them supernaturally. Has them killed on Mount Carmel and gets word from Jezebel that the same thing you did to those prophets, I'm going to do to you tomorrow. And all of a sudden, fear grips Elijah. And he runs and he says, God, the reason I'm in this place is because Israel, the church, has forsaken your ways. And so I find myself in this position and I know that you just did all those miracles yesterday, but I'm the only one that's standing in faith. Now, now we've got the queen. She's coming after me and I, I, I'm, I just don't know what it is. So he flees. He even leaves his servant. He runs out of fear and his faith vanishes. And then the Lord shows up and sustains him and reminds him there's a remnant. There's a remnant. You're not the only one. And I'm saying this in the midst of a culture that's divided. In a culture in a nation that seems to be in turmoil. And the reason I think that the Lord wants me to bring, I'm going to say some pretty bold stuff this morning. I'm going to open up my heart to you. I'm going to tell you more about myself probably than I'm comfortable with. Because I usually don't even like bringing politics up, but it's so important to understand what's going on. Let me just tell you right now. I'm going to tell you in a room full of people that I know Christian evangelicals voted for Trump in a large scale, including me. But I just want to tell you this morning, if Joe Biden's our 46th president, that's God's man. And the, and the reason the church needs to respond is because judgment always starts in the house of God. And our nation, and our culture, and our children, and our grandchildren, only hope in their future is that the church would bow their knee and begin to do things in the way of the Lord. We cannot forsake the way of God. got to hang on to what is true. We can't run and we can't be afraid and we can't let fear of the future rob the joy of today. Why? Because we serve the sovereign God. He is in control. And what's he looking for? A remnant. He's looking for a group of people who will do things his way. 
who will respond his way, who will love his way, who will forgive his way, who will bring his kingdom no matter what. So you see Elijah waffling. Then you've got Gideon. Gideon is found in a cave. You know, the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. He's hiding in a cave. Why? Because he's scared. He's fearful. You know what they're doing? The enemy is coming in and stealing all their food and their resources. When they find them, they steal all their food and their resources. So they're hiding in caves and they're, and they're, and they're working their wheat and wine presses in the cave. And, and the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, you valiant man of God. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to? And the angel of the Lord says, you, Gideon. He prophesied that into his life. And then Gideon's response to him, where are all the miracles of God? Where is God? I'm the only one. There's no, you know, he's, he's, where is he? The same thing that, that Elijah said to the prophets of Baal. Where are your God? Are he's on the pot? And Gideon basically asked the angel of the Lord, where is our God? Is he on the pot? Where's the miracles I hear about? What's, where's God? What's God doing? And then, and then the angel of the Lord says, you mighty man of valor. God has a plan for you. And I just want to tell you right now that you're a mighty man of valor. You're a woman of valor for such a time as this. But what's the time is this? That the time is to, to commit yourself to God's way. You see, if I were to blame any of the condition of our nation on anybody, it's the church. It's not the world. There wasn't a lack of, there wasn't a, 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 a tremendous amount of, it wasn't sin that caused Sodom and Gomorrah to be pummeled. It was the lack of righteousness. If there were just 10 righteous, could Sodom and Gomorrah be saved? Oh, yeah. If there's 10 righteous. God is looking for the church. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I'll heal their land. So we as a nation can't allow fear to steal our faith because of the condition of our nation or the people in our nation. And when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they refused to bow to a golden image, they were not fearful of death. They said to the king, King, our God is able to save us from your hand. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow to your God. 
I'm not going to change what I do. My faith will not be moved. I'm immovable, unshakable. I'm the remnant of the Most High God. I'm going to respond in a way that God would respond because I know that is the avenue, that is the, that is the pathway to healing. It's to humble ourselves before God as a church. And that's this church. That's the church. That's the church. But we can't control what happens outside of here. All we can control is ourselves and our attitude. And are we going to live in fear? See, fear steals faith. It robs us of faith. You think about Daniel. Daniel knew that he, he shouldn't be praying out the window. And he humbled himself before God and he, he looked out the window and he pursued God and he knew that the possibility of being caught doing that could be death. But, God, but Daniel did not fear or allow fear to overcome his faith. He stood in the window and he prayed knowing that the lion's den was his future. And and. The king didn't even want to, the king loved Daniel. But he made a decree and he had to carry it out and he throws Daniel into the lion's den and it said the angel of the Lord shut the mouth of the lion. And the next morning, Daniel's still good. And they pull Daniel out and they take the guys that accused Daniel and their families, threw them in and the Bible says their carcasses never even hit the ground. They were torn to pieces before their bodies hit the ground. And there was somebody in there with Daniel. There was a fourth person in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus. And what I love about Elijah, the story of Elijah, is that he failed. It seemed like he failed. He, he lost his faith. He, he allowed fear to overcome him. How many have ever done that? You allow fear to overcome you and your faith wanes. And I see it everywhere right now. Do you still have faith for miracles? It's difficult. It's almost contradictory to wear a mask and believe God can heal, but he can't handle the flu on steroids. It's, it's kind of difficult. And we know that, that there's risk and there's all kinds of things, but how do you walk in faith when it's hard? I mean, it'd be easy to rob your faith with fear, wouldn't it? The, 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 the atmosphere is, is ripe to rob your faith with fear. Yet at the same time, we need to be wise. Right? So you've got to be able to discern what's faith and what's fear. You've got to be on your guard. You've got to be thinking correctly. You've got, you've got to be wise and know the tactics of the enemy. You've got to know in your own heart whether you're responding by fear or you're, you're clear that this is just wisdom, but God's really in charge of this thing. I really have confidence that God is really in charge of this thing. I love Peter, the story of Peter. 
Peter always gets the, the bum rap when he comes out of the boat. But he comes out of the boat in faith. And then he sees the circumstances around him and he allows fear to overtake his faith. You see what fear does to faith? It makes you sink. Fear makes your faith sink. But Jesus, Jesus is there to take hold of the hand of the one who will reach out to him, who calls on his name to do what? To elevate him back to a place of faith. And they walk back to the boat together. And Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you even till the end of the age. You know, something I heard this week, it was in a song and it was overtaking me. It said, Jesus came never to leave again. Did you go, well, he did live, he ascended. Yeah, but he poured out his spirit and it's the triumph God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus had, Spirit reveals. Jesus came never to leave. That faith is always available to us who would reach out to him, who are humbling themselves, committed, committed to do his way. What gets in the church's way? What causes generation after generation after generation to fail? It's a lack of commitment to the ways of God. And then God judges a nation based on the faith of a church. You'll need to hear that. God judges a nation based on the faith of the church. So somebody asked me at work. I was doing a job somewhere. They said, are you scared of the future? I wouldn't know. Are you, are you, are you? Are you unhappy? I was like, are you kidding me? You think my happiness is going to be based on who got elected president? You've lost your mind. Jesus is looking for a remnant. And, I, and there's one in the room. But I'm telling you right now, folks, Nala, you're so right on. There's nowhere in Scripture that I see where prayer can take a back seat to anybody's to-do list and actually produce heaven. Until the church understands that intercession is the key to health and really activates prayer, We really don't have faith to believe that God's the one who's in charge. He's the sovereign God of all things. Even death. Daniel didn't fear death. Shadrach, Meshach, and, and there's more and more and more who didn't fear death. Obviously, all the disciples didn't fear death because they knew that that was a death sentence. And all of them got it except John. But let me ask you a question. Do you have faith to believe that God knows when you're going to die? Do you have faith to believe that God knows how you're going to die? 
So why are you fearing death? Why does this generation fear death so greatly? Why does the church fear death so greatly? I heard somebody say the other day, well, I've just got so much to do. And I go, you think you're going to sit around and twiddle your thumbs in heaven? God's an eternal God. He's got a plan for you eternally. It's not like what you get done down here, you ain't got nothing to do once you get to heaven. You say, well, well, I could take my own life. I could jump off. That's not my phone, is it? No, I could jump off a bridge. So I can see, I can see the father looking at Jesus and going, oh, I didn't see that one coming. He knows the thought and the intent of our hearts. He knows why do you fear death? He says about you and me that we don't have to fear death like others. Why? Because we're confident in our future. That's why the world's going to hate us because we don't fear death. We Fear has no place in me. Even unto death. Why? Because I am held in the hands of God. He holds me. He knows my name. I am his and he is mine. I don't have to fear politics. Some of us are scared of death. Some of us are scared and fearful of money. Some of us are so fearful of our money situation that we're allowing it to steal our faith or our prayer time to, to get creative vision from God on how to make money. I mean, we get so wallowing in our misery, we forget that we can cry out to a sovereign God who has creative solutions to everything we face. And if we're not lazy and we, and we look at Scripture and we understand that he talks about money more than he talks about heaven and we, and we don't forsake the ways of God financially, what do we have to fear? The only thing we have to fear is if I don't respond the way God tells me to. And then I have to fear the results because I'm not aligning myself with God. And that is called in Scripture, they have, the church has forsaken the Lord. Why? Because they're not handling their money the way the Lord says. Some of us are scared that we're going to fail. Some of us have a fear of failure. You're scared to try because you're scared you're going to fail. Isn't that interesting? You're scared to try because you're scared you're going to fail. That is dominated by fear. Instead of understanding that God has a plan for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for a future for you. And we allow fear to rob us of the, of the possibilities of things that faith bring. God says, Faith and fear can't live in the same house. Some of us that are single, I want to speak to that for a minute. We are fearful you'll never find a mate. I'm fearful I'll never find a mate. And what I see happen time and time again of single people who are fearful they're not going to find a mate is they allow fear to rob the joy of today. They're so worried about not finding a mate in the future that they're miserable in today. They just allow fear to dominate. 
and they don't have faith that God loves them and knows where they are and knows what they need, knows what completes them. Some people are afraid of success. They're so scared that, that, that if they're successful, they won't be able to handle it, which is strange. But I see it. You're fearful and you allow fear to keep you from being prosperous and successful. Some people want successful. You feel like, man, if I get successful, I'm just going to blow it. And you fear blowing it. You, you see how fear works? No matter what your circumstances is, the devil wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy because he doesn't do anything but steal, kill, and destroy. And so what he's looking for are ways to do that in you. And you have things that are, 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 are um, your tendencies that you allow fear to creep in and rob you of God's best. And if the church doesn't walk in faith by keeping the ways of God, he could even rob the possibilities of the United States of America and its future because the church wouldn't position itself in a way to bring healing and health to a nation. Binding us in fear. If we're fearful because we don't believe that God is a sovereign God over a nation. He judges nations, cities, and individuals. He is El Shaddai. There's no authority that can pluck any of his plans from his hand. And he wants you to prosper as your soul prospers, as you think, as you feel, as you do, you will prosper. Fear and faith can't live in the same house. Be on your guard because the, the devil runs around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. How does he do it? Fear. Fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. Say that with me. I will not fear. My God. Say it with me. My God is the God of gods. Big G, little g. Yeah? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd help the church in, in America. I pray, God, that we would understand. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to hear that God's man didn't get elected. <laughs> That's a total absence of faith. It's a total absence of faith. God's man is going to get elected, whoever that might end up being. God's man is going to get elected because God is a sovereign God and he chooses who's in control and he chooses the times and the seasons that are in control and he chooses the purposes that are in control. I don't have to fear. I will not fear.
God comforts me. Father, help us walk in faith. Help us understand that faith is not philosophy. Faith is not philosophy. Faith is the foundation that I build my life on. It is in total alignment with the ways of God. Total belief that the ways of God are yes and amen, that they are true, faithful and true. Faithful and true. So who shall I fear? If God be for me, who can be against me? So Lord, help us humble ourselves as the church of Jesus Christ all over the world, all over the globe. May we humble ourselves and pray and seek your way. Understanding that the promise being released upon us is that you'll heal our land. If we'll humble ourselves, if we'll pray, the church, you heal our land. How will you do it? Through un unsuspected people through suspicious people through failing people through flawed people through unbelievers so our faith in, in a system our faith is not in a culture our faith isn't in our surroundings our faith is in the ways of God and when we align ourselves with the ways of God we can say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Thank you, Jesus, for your word is yes and amen. Yes and amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.